Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at NAZ underscore Elite. Welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. Uh, ahead of the Chicago Marathon, I welcome Scott Smith and Steph Bruce. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so, the Chicago Marathon is this weekend, um, Sunday. Gun goes off at... 7 30. 7 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is 5 30 Pacific. Yeah, so it'll be an early one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, let's discuss how things went leading up to the race and then uh, what you're hoping to do in the race um, and then some fun questions at the end. So that's that's the plan. Cool. Um, Steph, I'll start with you. When. So let, let's rewind a little bit. Um, your last race was. USA's on the track. USA's on the track. That's mm-hmm. right. And so that was uh, middle of July. Middle, middle of July. to end of July. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what has what has the block of training looked like leading up to Chicago since then? So we kind of did like a I don't know if non traditional, um, but as we've been like evolving these um, training blocks, we did a little bit of a marathon block like pre USA's. Um, because we knew like the main goal wasn't the 10,000 this summer, it was Chicago. So Ben kind of put in more like longer sessions, um, let's say on the weekends. And then I'd have like a 10K session uh, midweek. And that was more in June and early July. So I got a fair amount of good long runs in then. And then ran USA's, um, had a blast there. That was such a cool opportunity to, to be able to race that with Kellen. Um, you know, we would have liked to to maybe sneak on that world team, but um, regardless, I think we learned a lot of good things and gained some great experience from the race. And then I took like probably a, a week downtime and then slowly built back up. Um, yeah, and then I kind of just had a really good stretch from like September 1st all the way to October 1st, where mm-hmm. I was running like 100 plus mile weeks and just getting long volume, um, marathon pace and trying to relearn fueling. You know, it's been over a year since my last marathon. So yeah, just kind of reminding the body like what's coming. Sure, yeah, and I want to get into um, some of the specific uh, sessions, uh, but Scott, how about for you in terms of the build up here uh, to Chicago? Cause you, you had some downtime. Um, yeah. At the end of the spring, I guess. Yeah. In June, I got married, so I had some downtime after that, which was nice. <laughs> because and of the marriage? or Yeah. 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 Um, so, had the honeymoon and then took, like, a probably, ended up being probably like two and a half weeks off after my last race from, like, the going to the wedding and then after the honeymoon. And so, that was only in June, though, so that afforded plenty of time to build up for a race in October. So, we just kind of did... A gradual build up um i did one race in the summer just kind of last minute um nicole zach is from santa cruz where the race i kind of decided to do last minute was and we we're going to be visiting her family that weekend anyway so i did it and it did not go well but um the rest of training went pretty well and as a training run it was it served its purpose it just, i just didn't um race as competitively as i would have liked but um throughout uh, that race was one 
uh, July, late July. Late July. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't been doing all that much. I just kind of was right in the point of training where I had started to feel good before all the mileage started setting in and thought I could maybe sneak a good performance in there, but I was wrong. Uh, then, <laughs> that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, training up until now through August and September was probably one of the more consistent blocks I've had. It wasn't anything, you know, I didn't absolutely destroy anything, but I didn't really have to like drop out of anything too important or not finish many workouts like I have in the past. So um, overall, yeah, it was one of my most consistent blocks and don't have any reason not to be optimistic on Sunday. Sure. And it's not uncommon. Um, in fact, I'd say it's quite common uh, for you all to run races in your buildup to the marathon. Um, but not you don't really have any of that in, in this particular buildup. It's mostly just been training. Do you do you prefer to have some races mixed into a block to kind of like, you know, remind you how to race? Or, or is, does it make a whole lot of a difference? Would you just prefer the mileage or? Uh, it was challenging for me because like I love racing and um, it's not that long, so I can't even say this, but I feel like I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, this is the animal in a cage, you know, but I, I race July 24th or whatever, but it feels like an eternity to me. Um, so on one hand, I used to race a lot, um, like I guess throughout the training cycles, but there is something to be said about like, we live up in the mountains, just stay up here, don't have any interruptions, don't have to travel, um, don't have to go through like the emotions of um, having a race on the schedule. So it's, it's like, um, it's important on one hand and you know, there's a little bit of, um, okay, like just because I haven't had anything to like test my fitness doesn't mean that isn't, isn't completely there. So I would say like it has served its purpose. Like, and it was, it was intentional, at least for me, this block. Sure. Yeah. I'd probably give a very similar answer. Like, I think we all do this because we love to race and that's the most fun part of running. Um, so there's been buildups where I've raced and buildups where I haven't. Um, but I just kind of take each of those individually and, you know, this race or this buildup, I didn't, I guess, technically race because if you section off the buildup, that race was probably before. Sure. Um, but I don't think that that's either necessarily a deterrent or a positive when we do it. It's just kind of whatever is going to fit and make the most sense in the context of the block to have a successful marathon because ultimately the marathon is the end goal and the most important of those buildups. Right. So the, you'll both be eager to... When the gun yeah. off, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's. It, can you point to? So I want to talk about the race itself and what your goals are there. Um, I think part of figuring that out uh, is some data points from training. So um, when you look at the race in Chicago uh, and your goals there, sort of, yeah, I guess what are those goals? And then was there a specific training session that kind of has given you the confidence that yeah, that that's a a reasonable goal or maybe a reach, but you know something within your grasp on the day. Do you want to go first? Um, sure, yeah. I mean, um, we chose this race because at the time of um, selecting a fall marathon, U.S. marathoners were going to need a, an Olympic standard doing the, to do the trials. Right. So we were kind of approaching with 2.11.30 in mind. Um, now that's not the case because the trials have been granted gold label, so the top three will, by way of finishing top five at that race, inherently have the standard. Um, but I don't think that that goal has changed at all. I don't think that the training changed at all. Um, so I'd still, 2.11.30 would be a big PR for me. Um, I'd love to PR and then hopefully, you know, see how much of a PR I can take out. Sure. Um, I don't know that I had like 
one particular workout that I would choose where I was like, okay, that's for sure. I just like have accumulated so many workouts over the years. And if you put some of the workouts that I did this segment up against some of the other ones, maybe like they weren't quite as the intensity of that, of a particular workout wasn't quite the same, but I still have that whole background from years past sure. in marathon training. Um, I guess up here, like I've really struggled with long steady states at altitude before um so you're like, human yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but usually like sometimes we've gone to sea level and done them and they've right. gone or lower elevation and it's gone well for me um but i was able to get through the 16 mile steady state up here on like kind of a tough day i had a rough couple last miles but i think overall the average was 515 516 or something like that which should be around right around five minute pace right around 11 30 right in that um area so you know that was nice as long as I've been doing that that might have only been the first or second 16 mile steady state I've completed at rain flagstaff so that was kind of nice to get through and, and a quick follow-up um because I mean yeah it sounds like you're you're relying on a body of work and experience hey, this will be which what number of marathon I think eighth or ninth eighth or ninth yeah, yeah. okay um so yeah definitely have experience on your side uh Steph what about you you know, I'm actually very similar in a lot of ways to Scott, where there was really nothing in this build-up that I was like, oh my gosh, I can run this now. Um, truthfully, like, nothing was that impressive uh, to me and probably to uh, Coach Ben. But um, I think because I have run 10 marathons and I have just, like, this decade of running behind me, I, like, pull a lot of my confidence from just the accumulation of all the work that I've done and I feel like my body will know what to do out there. And um, I guess probably like my last year and a half of like racing other distances um, and like bringing my times down there and running with women that I never used to run with, like that gives me a lot of confidence. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, like similar to steady states, I, I feel like I've always kind of had like a little bigger conversion up here. And so sometimes I just go back to like, okay, when I ran 229, I averaged six minute pace up here for um, steady state. And I've now been able to average like 10 to 12 seconds a mile faster. Um, so that like shows me that minutes should come off my PR, right. you know, and like Scott, there are really no reasons to say why I shouldn't have a successful day on Sunday. Sure. And so speaking of, uh, your previous marathons, you've run New York twice. Mm -hmm. um, so that obviously that, I imagine that could have fit into your schedule this year. Uh, so why did you end up choosing Chicago over, over New York this year? Uh, I just, I had never done Chicago. And, um, you know, as I get later in my career, I kind of just have these races that like are on my checklist and I want to make sure I do them. And uh, Chicago is like a very um, iconic American marathon and um, having run Boston already, New York twice, it just made sense. And I've actually never raced in the city of Chicago. So that's like very exciting to yeah. me too. Um, it's rare that I find a city that I haven't raced in um, this late in my career. Yeah, that and then I guess like the funny story about it was last year in London, um, like I didn't know Carrie Pinkowski, the race director, and um, after the race, my husband Ben and I were sitting at a table with all the like world marathon major race directors um, and Ben was to my left and Carrie was on the other side of him and like I went to <laughs> shake his hand and I just went like this and spilled my champagne glass skipped Ben and it went onto oh, Carrie's no. lap 
And uh, at that moment, I was like, well, I guess I'm never running to a marathon. <laughs> so I remember like texting Josh being like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to get an appearance fee <laughs> because I just spilled champagne on the race director. So it's kind of like this fun thing we have now that um, everyone got over that. And um, he invited me to run the race. And so I was very excited for that invitation. Yeah, it just it just made sense with the timing to have an earlier um, fall marathon with the trials coming up. And then I also wanted like a flat, fast course. Sure. Uh, so Scott, you, you didn't mention this, so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. You paced at Chicago. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You paced, uh, 30K. How far do you go? Uh, yeah, like just under 18 miles. Just under 18. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've seen a lot of the course. Yeah. Um, three quarters, uh, almost. So, um, how, what impact do you think that has going into the, cause I imagine in your previous marathons, you had not seen. No. Three quarters of the course. Yeah. So, yeah, talk to me about kind of what what that experience might do for you on race day. Um, yeah, first of all, it's a really cool experience to pace one of my good friends and longtime teammate Aaron with uh, Scott out there. Um, so that was just something that was like really cool for us to be able to do for Aaron. Um, but yeah, I remember being out there and just thinking like, man, there's so many stretches where you can just get in like a locked in really good rhythm, and I think I. And that's one of my strengths as a runner is just kind of locking in and being able to hold a pace for a long period of time. So that was more than just like, you know, cause it, it's flat. Like there wasn't, I don't really remember anything to slow it down. So I didn't, I don't remember taking like really specific mental notes other than like, wow, this, if we get a good day, this is a really fast course. Sure. Um, and then the, the, you know, it's a major marathon in a big city. So the, the crowd support was really awesome. And, um, yeah, it was a really fun experience and, this time, I'll two of the guys on our team, Matt uh, and Sid, will be pacing. So, kind of get to flip the script a little bit and just tuck in and let them worry about splits for hopefully 18 miles. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, what would you what would you tell Steph if it, if there's anything you gained information wise? Uh, I mean, Jeff, I, it's, I think she's so like it. It's so flat from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be places where like, God damn, this guy said it was flat. <laughs> there is i mean it's like i just was like man there and maybe it's because i've ran some like tougher courses or sure. stuff like that and haven't really like tried to time trial a race before but right. i was just like man this this is awesome <laughs> there's a bit of a hill at the end yeah i almost talked about that yeah, yeah. Right. i think yeah. it's just where it comes exactly to, like, yeah, just had, like 26 miles or something i remember like watching the coverage and i don't know if this it was just more like the angles but like through downtown there looked like there were some like big dips but do you think that was just like the camera angle like when aaron yeah, was leading really, oh that in chicago yeah. i just felt like i saw some, there are like, some like just like, like over not they're not even overpasses just like and they're not nothing like new york bridges but uh -huh. just kind of just just yeah. rollers yeah okay that's probably all like all i yeah. saw yeah yeah sure but you probably i feel like you need that like because when you're like doing nice. the same rhythm yeah. like yes. on a flat course yeah. like you're using the same muscles right so it's on i remember like shalane flanagan saying that when she ran berlin she's like i needed to train to just like use my glutes the whole time right. because there was literally so it was dead flat yeah, yeah. and that yeah. makes a lot of sense yep it does um so when it comes to the race again it talked a little bit about your goals but uh, how much of, I, I suppose, your your uh, approach to the race is based on, you know, yourself versus the field, uh, which is to say, you know, how, how much of your race strategy um, takes into account the field you're 
you're running against. I mean, Chicago, again, being a world major is uh, going to have competitive fields. So, you know, how, how much does that weigh into your um, strategy when it comes to the race? Yeah, for me personally, um, I think, and this is how I just approach the marathon, like you got to race the marathon, you know, that first 20 miles. And then if you have the chance to race people that last 10K, that's what you do. And, um, you know, being in races like New York, CIM and Honolulu, like those were races where um, there is a little more, I guess, strategy that goes into it because people aren't just setting out at like one pace because um, the nature of the course where I think this is very different. Like people have ideas of how fast they think they can they can run. So I think there will be lots of groups and separation. Um, and so for me, like when I envision place goals, like I'm going to have to run into those places late in the race. You know, I'm not going to put myself in that position mile three or four in. And so it very much is like I got to run like within myself that first 20. Um, and then to me, like when it counts is that last 10K. And that's kind of when I go for beating people and, and taking spots. Sure. Yeah, I approach it similarly, I think. And um, one thing that I'm excited about in Chicago is the American feel is pretty solid because I think a lot of people had a similar mindset that Chicago is going to be a place where I have to go attack a standard. Um, so it's kind of a good, and obviously it's not the whole American field that will be at the Olympic trials, but it's kind of a good testing ground to see where you stack up against the other American men. I think um, the majority of the American men will have a similar goal and probably be part of that group that um, Sid and Matt will be pacing for. So to kind of once Sid and Matt step off um, to kind of Compete against those guys, I think, will be a fun challenge and something I'm looking forward to to kind of visualize for the trials. Sure. As a quick aside, uh, your your teammate Matt uh, Baxter just won yeah. the rock and roll San Jose half, mm -hmm. so that was great. It did. Um, six. What did he run? Sixty-two, 62 57. fifty-seven or so. So, what over under uh, making it past halfway? She said he might six. go the whole way, so I'm de <laughs> I'm saying definitely over. <laughs> All right, so definitely over. All right. He's only going to be running two minutes slower through half. He said it won't be hard. He said yeah. it should be a jog. Yeah. It should be a jog. Yeah. That's great. Well, that'll be, uh, yeah, a unique experience for you. Um, but speaking of the trials, how, and you both mentioned it, uh, which will be this upcoming February, how, how does this fit into that larger goal? Um, obviously, the trials is uh, the primary goal. So um, is running Chicago about just you know, another opportunity to get experience at the marathon ahead of the trials? Is it about racing certain people? Um, how, how's it fitting in for you? Um, that, for me, like I'm trying to have the trials just on the back burner and like I don't like to look past my next race. So Chicago is very much like focused on Chicago. And then I think come October 14th that we can talk all things trials. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just think, uh, Especially like in my career, I, I had put the trials on a pedestal many times and I have missed making the Olympic teams. And um, so I'm not trying to make it this huge other race that is like so above anything else. Um, and so hopefully for me, like Chicago is like, okay, it's just another opportunity like to see how good I can be on the day. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I allow myself to think past a little bit to the trials and um, a good performance in Chicago can kind of be like, you know, when I ran the 2016 trials, it was like all kind of internal convincing that I belonged as one of the competitors taking a hack at making the team that day. Whereas if Chicago goes well and what I've done in between um, the 2016 trials and now and the 2020 trials, hopefully that body of work kind of gives me the confidence to go into the trials with a little more substantiation than just kind of like 
I had a really good training segment before the 2016 trials, but nothing I've done in my career um, has really shown that I have the possibility to make that team. Whereas like Chicago would be, if it goes really well, kind of, you know, at least show myself that I'm able to make that team. Yeah. Um, so I want to put you on the spot to, to wrap up here about Chicago. So what, last question on Chicago, then we'll move to some fan questions and there are some good ones. So stay tuned here for that. Um, your, your best day at Chicago, get, what, what do you think in terms of time and, and or place? Um, Scott, we'll start with you. Um, I'd love to be top 10 and I think, um, if it shapes out to be a good day and that the, the Pacers do a good job. <laughs> I think I hope that 210 is in the realm of possibilities for sure. me and uh, you know I, I don't like to take anything off the table on a good day um, so yeah just like Steph said run smart for 20 and then look up and see how many people I can go get that last 10k right um, yeah for me I would say um, the the best version of me or best day is running under 226 and um, trying to be on the podium yep Good. Well, um, best of luck to you guys out there. Thank Look you. forward to watching it this weekend. Uh, let's uh, Before we move to these rapid-fire questions, it's worth noting, if you're watching this and not just listening, you've seen these shirts and this hat that we're all donning. Uh, this is merch that will be for sale potentially by the time this comes out. Okay. Um, cool. We've already somehow acquired our pieces. Wow. I don't know yeah, how that just happened. How it happens. Yeah. Uh, Inside info. They, they need models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got the, the 70s tea, I'm call, I don't know, is that of a name? Ben, Ben's going to get on naming pieces, okay. yeah. right. I think. Yeah, it'll be a naming. Yeah, yeah the cool part is like all these pieces that are going to come out, I think are going to have like meaning among yeah. our team and among like either different workouts or different, I guess, people. Like like Alfian just launched her beanie business and like at first she was just doing it as like a side thing and then it started to like transform into this, she calls it resiliency beanies because I think she's using that as like, that was her coming back from injuries over the last year and a half and having this resili resiliency. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people can like identify with that. And so hopefully like however you see either these pieces of apparel uh, visually appealing to you, but like there could be a little more meaning that you could attach to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, so yeah, look for We'll have it in the show notes, hopefully. Um, and these will be for sale on the website. I assume, yep. Yeah, I'm getting confirmation there. So, uh, yeah, check out check out the merch. At NAZ Elite Shop. It, there you go. Mm -hmm. And it is it Dot Shop? Sure. <laughs> Just Google it. Just Google NAZ Elite Shop. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Steph. Mm -hmm. um, okay, rapid fire questions. So these would be rough, you know, sentence two, maybe a couple words, whatever you're feeling. Uh, we've got about ten to run through. Uh, and these are from uh, those of you that uh, commented on social media. So thank you for participating. Um, nutrition during a taper. Do you do anything different, Steph? No, I just, um, biggest thing is keeping the calories up. Even though like you're running less, you should not bring your calories back down because you want your glycogen tank to be totally topped off. So you want to make sure you're keeping everything in. And for me personally, like I normally eat dessert most nights. So I try to be like, well, I'm not going to take that out just because I have a race coming up. Um, yeah. So I try to keep everything like pretty much the same. Okay. Scott. Um, I've kind of done something similar since college before big races. I would call like my normal diet unleaded and then like the week or two going to big race start putting the premium mm. so like more vegetables and less fast food 
I think that makes sense. Yeah, it maybe makes sense to me. Maybe so. that's just a general thing. Yeah. You should just go premium all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, race, uh, I think I'm reading this right. Nutrition while traveling. So do you have any tips, I guess, on, uh, well, you're in the airport and so forth, and that makes it a little bit complicated. I mean, you kind of just have to make do with what you have. I think the biggest thing for me has not been getting too attached to a um, routine before a race, and that has to do with traveling because you don't know what you're going to Sure. encounter along the way so yeah. yeah just being okay with what there is provided yeah uh, i think because i have like a few food allergies so i have a few a um, couple more restrictions um i just stick to like when i'm traveling places that i know that have worked for me so like if there's a chipotle a five guys burger like i've eaten that a day before a race like a burger and fries because i know that that is safe for me yeah. and um I usually try to find a Whole Foods in a city and do like the hot bar and then I will pack, obviously I pack my own snacks like picky bars and stuff like that. But when I'm traveling, like I'm, will probably pack like two meals to try to get me through, let's say like a lunch and maybe a dinner while I'm on the airplane. And that is something like rice, uh, ground beef, avocado, um, pretty basic, but like what I eat, what I eat in my normal daily life. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pre-marathon warm-up. Um, what do you got, Steph? We should shout out Art for this because I think Art was one of the people yes. that asked. This is okay. our um, yeah. gaucho teammate, teammate Art. Okay. Gaucho. Yep. Um, uh, one mile. We usually run. Yeah. Sometimes not even a mile. Like it's like you're running slow and. I actually like to feel like I'm under warmed up to start a marathon mm -hmm. because then you kind of have the sensation three, four, five miles in that it starts to get easier. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> like, sometimes those, and sometimes I even simulate it before a workout. Like I won't. Before a really long workout, I don't necessarily like hammer strides. I just kind of do a couple quicker yes. runs. And it's like, oh man, this workout's going to suck. And then <laughs> starts to kind of flow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because the idea is you don't want to start like burning carbs like too right. soon. Right. Um, and so it was really funny when I ran CIM last year. It starts pretty early and so it was dark warming up. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go a mile. Um, and like two things. You're warming up for a marathon. It's early and it's dark. And I got to like 9.04 and I was like, all right, I'm having hit a mile, but I feel pretty good that I should probably stop running. But you know, we're like running around this parking lot and it's just taking a while. Maybe the Garmin was wrong, but that might sound silly, like running a nine minute mile before, but like you are just trying to teach your body like, okay, gently warm up and get ready for what we're about to do. Sure. Uh, nutrition during the race. What do you What do you take, Steph? Uh, traditionally, I have done like Gatorade and gels, yeah. pretty old school. Um, I think I'm sticking with that for this one. And we just alternate. Like we're very lucky. We have um, elite fluid stations, sure. so we have bottles every 5k. And so I will typically um, alternate Gatorade in one station and then gel with water. Mm -hmm. I would never really combine like a gel and Gatorade too much carbohydrate. And then I almost um i make my gatorades a little more um they're more concentrated early on and then they get a little more watery as the race goes on sure. as your stomach is having a harder time digesting right um, i'm gonna use martin or martin however it's pronounced um used it for the past few marathons and um and training segments and i've liked it it's worked well yeah, yeah. um favorite pair of casual hokas so non I'm a big Hupana fan. Yeah. Yeah. The wool or the... I have them on yeah. I like the wool ones. Yeah, I like the Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got them right there. Yeah. The wool picks up a lot of dog hair, which is Ooh. kind of a bummer. But, a bummer. Um, yeah, in general, I, I like the look of them a lot. Yeah. Honestly, I think that was my cousin, too. 
I struggle because there are so many good casual ones um like I only run in like three or four pair right and then all the other ones are casual to me so like I love the Kavu I love the Hupana um now they have like the Hupana slip and then we have the recovery slides now yep. so there are a lot to choose from I just like rotate them throughout the week and what about race day shoe? Speaking of shoes, and, and why? Um, I'm gonna go with the Carbon X. Um, I've used it. I mean, it's relatively new to us as of the spring, um, so I don't know that anyone on our team has done a marathon in them yet. But I ran the 25k champs in them and didn't have any problems with it. So yep. um, gonna stick with it. I'm gonna do the Carbon Rocket, and yep. I've been racing in that shoe since um, Peach Street in 2018. Like I ran 10Ks and 5Ks in them, and then I did like my build-ups for New York, and then yep. I ran New York and CIM, and I love them. Like I think they're one of the best long-distance shoes, and they're so versatile. I think many different strides um, can be successful in them, and um, yeah, so I'm excited to, to wear those on Sunday. Couple things more, I guess, running specific or racing specific, uh, especially with respect to Chicago. How do you balance the um, the crowds, the the energy from the crowds, and, and kind of staying calm, uh, not not letting that, I guess, overwhelm you and speed you up too much. I think at a course like Chicago, it's easier. Well, because you should have like a relative time goal in mind. I would say in Chicago, if you've if your training has gone well, so. Yeah, there may be crowds, but just allow them to make the pace you're running feel easy mm -hmm. rather than speed up, up and, you know, pay for it later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's like the part of uh, these big races like I love. And I think um, it's what I have to do, like, especially for I've run New York and London. So I think I have experience like with that crowds and I just try to like use that energy like that I get early on and almost like bottle it up kind of like we said and then like save it for later because I've also heard there are some stretches late in Chicago where it's just empty and lonely and right. there's no one cheering and maybe if you have the energy from early people bottled up you internally can try to let that bottle out and be like all right pretend you hear people <laughs> cheering for you <laughs> right. that's what I do a lot like oh yeah do you hear all those people and there's no one and you, uh, you might be hearing things anyway <laughs> at that point but, yeah. exactly um but yeah that's like I just remember like those people would give they think it's like amazing what we're doing and you never want to like forget that or take that for granted because sure. we train and we have these high goals and we even see people who are so much faster than us you know and we might look up to them like all these people on the sidelines are feeling that way towards us and that's that's pretty cool yeah absolutely um cues to speed up cadence so imagine this person's envisioning that you're getting tired during a race and you're yeah slowing down i think maybe. yeah that's probably is not to go faster right. than you've been running but to maintain the pace right um you know it's tough and there are a lot of turns i think not a ton of turns in chicago but those are things late in the race that can kind of throw your cadence off yeah. so if you encounter, you know, a 90 degree turn or something that breaks your momentum, just kind of mentally being like, okay, I'm gonna take five or 10 steps to get back on yep. Some, something like that. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of a tough one because everyone has unique strides, but sure. Something like that. When I, at least I know when I'm like in a workout and I get tired, I like sometimes go to my feet and I just try to think like, like 
like paw off the ground like I tell myself like push off the ground and maybe like your body will like your momentum will carry you forward um that's what helps me or I like ask my glutes like start firing or start working sure because it's really easy like when you're getting tired to like be sitting back and then you're trying to use your arms more but I just think like feet push off the ground and then glutes activate yeah so yeah. just being a little more intentional I guess kind of yeah. exactly um okay last couple uh People want to know how you would have a social life with uh, with in intense training like like you go through. Big and assumptions here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we do have social yeah. lives. Yeah, I mean, I think it is the assumption. Yeah, we're I, fortunate enough to train with a team, and I consider like easy runs kind of a social outlet. Um, just probably like a real loser thing to say. It's but, a very runner thing. Yeah, to say, yeah. Um, <laughs> we go to the Olive Bear on Wednesday nights. Sometimes I come to the Roundup. Yeah, we've yeah. had some Sunday beers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's not much. I have some great conversations with my four and five year old, <laughs> so that's pretty social. Um, no, like it is funny, like I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, oh, when is the last time I've like done something like cool? And it was a long time ago. But um <laughs> I I think what's like super worth it to us is it does it's not necessarily like when you're choosing this, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice to like not go out, not go get drinks, not do all those things because then when you have like everything come together on race day, like that all becomes worth it. Um and I think we all have like really balanced lives that we know how to have a good time, like in the times of the year that it um counts <laughs> and then also like we know how to be like really focused for our training cycles and our races and so I wouldn't say we're missing out on a lot of things that we that we crave because we're all runners for a reason and I think we get that like fulfillment from from running yeah absolutely um one more question for both of you and very quickly question uh two quick questions for Scott Scott threw up on his Instagram uh you know asked me a question so the last a couple, people, I was surprised. They were worth asking, <laughs> I think. And uh, I've written down mustache question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I I, the, I was in a wedding uh, about a, a week last weekend, so I had to be clean shaven. I was just going to say, I can't believe this is only a week. Well, it was buzzed. And then, so yeah. it was like, yeah. But I, I don't know that I can do the mustache justice in the next six days. And would, I would right. like to do it justice if I'm going to do it. And there's some competitive mustaches out there. Some of the Roots guys have pretty strong mustaches right now, so I can't really go to that one half-hearted. So you might have to, to double down on the trials. Like, really would yours be, like, competitive? His is a strong. His strong. is strong, okay. yeah. So yeah, like I could do that, but, like, not in the next six days. days. No, okay. I think I might just go with right. this look. Okay, all right. You're going with it. You just right. kind of scruff. I think the Cardinals just scored, by the way. Oh, did they? <laughs> this is great news. Okay. Um, and, uh, sorry, uh, other quick one, Scott. Um, the people of Oklahoma love you. Let's start there. I think mm -hmm. if you ever wanted a political career... Steph's going to Oklahoma to speak. You are? Yeah, at people Scott's rival store. You. Oh, is that right? Red Coyote. Yeah, I was, okay. a, I was an okay runner guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So. Um, well, someone, I forget who has this, Scott, but they, they want to know if you're going to come back to Oklahoma and, and revisit... Uh, yeah, know, I loved Oklahoma. There. Yeah, it was fun. Those guys out there, they love running as much as or more than anyone I've ever met. So that, that crew that I used to run with out there was real fun to run with. And I mean, they, Oklahoma has surprisingly good races for weight, mm -hmm. but Tulsa run is one of the outside of like the U S 15 K championships is probably one of the more 
15 competitive 15 k's mm. in the country i guess boilermaker is up there but um yeah and then the oklahoma city marathon is a really unique event it centers around um the bombings and so it's okay kind of a um unique special thing to take part of i ran that before as a relay and as a half marathon so yeah i'd love to get back out there and race it's just the conditions out there are never super good but i think that breeds a certain type of runner and the guys i trained with were definitely yes <laughs> those type of guys so so i love training with them go run in oklahoma for a summer yeah you'll be a different person yeah um all right last question so uh i guess i've just learned that you both went to ucsb mm-hmm. uh and your mascot is gaucho, gaucho. Yeah, what is that? You don't know? No. It's an Argentinian, Argentinian cowboy. Ah, uh, okay, very nice. Uh-huh. Um, so what, what was your, your favorite college race? As I'll a... go first because mine will be far more underwhelming than Steph's. And this is, uh, I didn't have that many good races. Uh, this is from our teammate, yeah, Bethany. Money. Nice yeah. job. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my great steeplechaser. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great beer pong partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great share of pancakes. Yeah, yeah. great person. Yeah. Um, I one of my last races was the conference track championships, and um, I had always kind of had um, bad experiences in the five k conference. It's just the last race that everyone gets thrown into, and um, me and my teammate uh, went one two and in, so that was a really fun thing for us to both be able to go first and second in the conference. Um, Yeah, because this was we had we had never won. We didn't win the team title but you know we had a strong team that year and the team dynamic was really good so it was really fun to be able to to win in front of our you know team right Steph okay um I was going back and forth between like sometimes most memorable isn't always like when you did your best but um this one this one is like my best I guess for for the day um it was NCAs in Sacramento in 2007 and the year before, um, I had been eighth in the 10,000, and so I was running it again. But I started to just like not feel very good as the season was going on. And um, I had never really gotten blood tests before, but that was like one of the first times like we did some blood profile. And after I like tanked a 5K, um, we got my blood tested, and at that time my ferritin was four. Mm. And that was like very alarmingly low. Apparently, they were like, "How are you alive?" Let alone like running. And I didn't like know very much about like blood levels back then. And so I started like getting on um, this liquid iron supplement. And then we got to NCAs, and I took a blood test right before. And my coach Pete Dolan was like, "I'm not gonna tell you." Um, like what it is because I was like okay I think I'm feeling better and it was like the hardest 10,000 I've ever run in my life and I just like dug as deep as I could um, and I ended up getting uh, fifth place um, not in like this crazy amazing time I think I was either I can't remember if that was year I was 3330 or 3401 mm-hmm. um, and then I finished the race and I go up to him and I was like oh my gosh like awesome like what was my iron? What was my ferritin? And he was like five. Jesus. <laughs> so it had gone up one point, and I think that like really opened my mind to a couple things of like that showed me that maybe my potential in college had never really been reached sure. because of a couple of those things. Um, 
too. I also need to figure out why I wasn't observing iron. And then I found out I had celiac. But yeah, it was kind of just this like, it showed me like that I just kind of like gutted out a performance that maybe like on paper I shouldn't have done or that the people that were maybe more talented um, like should have beat me. And that kind of, I guess, set a tone for the rest of my professional career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. It's a good one. Thanks. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up, guys. Um, thank you again to the fans that uh, commentated with the questions. Uh, get your merch um, and as the Elite Shop. Yeah. And best of luck to both of you at Chicago this weekend. Thank you. And thank last you. thing, if anyone is in Chicago, we're going to do an NAZ Elite meetup. Um, and we're going to do that Saturday morning at around 10.15 at the Host Hotel, which is the Hilton. And that's on Michigan Avenue. Most people in Chicago will know that. Um, and right down in the lobby, there is this little eating area. There's like a coffee bar. It's called Urban Kitchen. We know um, the name of the Host Hotel. Uh Hilton. Hilton's okay. Yep. Um, yeah, and so we're going to be posted up there. It'll be myself and like eight or seven NAZ Elite dudes and Coach Ben. Yeah. So 10.15 on Saturday morning. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. I'm not going to be in Chicago, otherwise I'd be there. <laughs> oh, there was one more question I saw somewhere about a guy wanting, offering if he could buy us drinks afterwards. Ooh. And that's an absolute yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. He, how should he find you? He I don't know. If he finds us, though, and the free that. drinks are coming, I'm not saying no. <laughs> So there you have it. We'll be accepting free drinks. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks.